Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Hello, this is Adam Carswell, the host of Dream Chasers, and you're tuned in to the How Do They Do It Real Estate Podcast. If you like this show, first of all, you have phenomenal taste. Second of all, if you want to listen to another next level show like this, just click our link in the description and smash that subscribe button. It would be an honor for us to enrich your mind, body, and soul as well. Welcome, everyone, to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack, and today our guest is Ellis Hammond, and he is one of the co-founders of Symphony Capital Group, and they've acquired more than $87 million of commercial multifamily real estate in 2021, and he's also the founder of Kingdom REI, a mastermind and coaching community for faith-driven real estate investors who want to multiply their real estate portfolio income and impact through joint ventures and collaborations. And he's actually began his career as a full-time college pastor. So Ellis, thank you so much for coming on the show today and welcome. Thanks so much. Yeah, you didn't have to read that, but I know that was a mouthful. <laughs> uh, great to be here. Thanks so much. We're actually in uh, beautiful Austin, Texas today, looking at deals. We're just telling you about that. And I just love this business. I love the fact that we get to we're in a mastermind together. That's how we met. And I actually just had dinner with some other folks from the mastermind and it's just a cool industry. I love the fact that real relationships and friendships can be built alongside of a very significant wealth kind of building venture. So anyways, grateful to be here, excited to serve your audience. So walk us through how you started off as a college pastor and found your way into multifamily syndications. And how did that journey for you look like? And what have you discovered so far? Yeah, that's a great question. I just never would expect it to be here. Not back then anyways. I was a pastor and I, I loved what I did. Clearly, my faith is still a significant part of who I am and my journey and what we do. But I was serving you know, vocationally full-time as pastor and in ministry and, and thought that's what I would always do until about four years in, we were kind of building a nonprofit and we kind of just ran out of money. I mean, is the best way to, to explain one of the young guys on my team was really struggling with finances. And I think it just kind of, it, it awakened me to this idea of like, if you don't know how to create wealth and generate revenue, you're really limiting your impact on this planet. And not only that, like I thought at the time I was doing something significant, but I was so limited because yeah, I could serve with my time. I couldn't help this guy at all in terms of finances. What he needed from me in that moment was like, Hey man, let me help you. Let me help you. Sorry. my I got a notification. <laughs> let me help you with uh groceries. Really what I needed to be able to do at that moment. I couldn't. So I share that story because that really was the foundation of we need to go figure out how to build and create wealth. And um, and so like anybody, I mean, it just was hungry. And I, I get young guys all the time asking me, like, where should I start? What should I read? I'm like, dude, just go down the rabbit hole. Like, find someone you like listening to. Get, I mean, there's just, and that's what I did. I mean, I listened to podcasts, I read books. And I do remember the thing that I kept hearing over and over again, if someone's new, we'll talk to their new real estate investors right now, that the hardest deal is the first deal. And then a lot of people will, will overanalyze and look at deals, you know, or kind of two years later, they're still never done a deal. 
And the hardest thing is just getting started. So I kept hearing that. I'm like, we just got to do a deal. And so our first deal was kind of four months into that journey. We bought a duplex. Um, my wife and I did. And uh, we lived in one and we rented out the other while we were renovating kind of that whole uh, gig. And so that was our start. And it taught me a lot. And I think if anything, it taught me that I don't want to just buy duplexes because that was that was the biggest pain in the world. But we did really well and we kind of learned, we learned real estate. and that was kind of the, the start of our journey. Yeah. So real estate has done for you, it sounds like it has actually been a tool to help you as a resource to help you be able to serve others in different capacities that you were limited to prior to doing that. Like you mentioned, you had a lot of time, a lot of time that you could give, but the tools and the resources that you can create through real estate has really amplified and exponentially increase significantly your reach and your ability to serve other people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's why I love real estate. It's a physical asset too, right? So it's not just, okay, we're creating and generating wealth or income for our investors and our family, but the real estate itself is an asset in which we, you know, have the opportunity in multifamily, for example, you know, steward and be able to serve families and the people that live there and provide them a, a place that is safe and clean and, you know, where they can, I mean, even we're walking a deal today and we're taking it over. And I mean, the previous owners just honestly let it just go to, it was just terrible. And I was just so ashamed, honestly, that they would allow that to happen and people would live in this type of environment. And so, you know, now that we're the owners, we can take it over and really create a space where people feel safe and feel protected and have a sense of home. And I think that's really significant, you know, and it's, I mean, clearly not everyone does it because we're buying an asset that someone didn't, but I do think real estate provides that opportunity for, for you to do that as well. So uh, absolutely. So after that first duplex that you and your wife had bought together, how did you guys continue on your journey from there and what led you to multifamily? Well, I mean, I just learned early on that units, like units is the most important number in real estate. And, and it took me a while to understand that even ne- like, you know, our next deal was, was an apartment syndication deal. And we really just kind of, we were our main, I guess, role in that deal was equity. So we had brought some of our investors that really, I say investors at that point, they were like donors or friends for our nonprofit. And I was like, Hey, I, this real estate thing, like you got to jump into it and here's a way. And so it was so crazy. Like I barely even really knew a lot of that moment, but I knew that buying real estate was a good idea and buying apartment buildings was a good idea. And, you know, we we got fixed debt. We, we actually assumed a HUD loan on that deal. So it was like four and a quarter interest rate for 30 years and we had tons of cash flow. So it just made sense. And so I pitched that to a couple of folks and was able to raise a, a little bit of money to help get that deal across the finish line. So that was how we broke in and realized like, wow, this is actually doable. Like, you know, I just never really thought that we could raise capital and go buy bigger assets, you know, and help people build wealth at the same time while we were building wealth through real estate. And so again, I was still full-time in ministry though. So like I was like, all of a sudden I kind of had two jobs, right. Of you know, buying and managing apartment buildings and then being in full-time ministry. And so that's kind of when we made the decision at that moment, but realized fairly quickly that we kind of had to make a decision in which route we wanted to go. And I just, I think I made a better entrepreneur. I make a better entrepreneur than I do pastor. Uh, even I love pastoring. Uh, I'm probably a much better entrepreneur. So anyways, now we do this full-time. 
So talk to us a little bit about that conversation that you had as you were you were getting started within multifamily syndications and you were bringing in a couple of investors who were, you know, donors networks within your network. Had they ever previously invested in real estate before and if they hadn't, how did that conversation go and I guess how did you show to them what you knew about real estate and really really describe it to them what it could do for them also? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's the same conversation today. I mean, I would say most most investors come to us and have never invested into a private placement offering like a multifamily deal. And the reality reason is because most people have a financial advisor and have kind of trusted or relied on them to manage their their assets over their lifetime. And financial advisors are, cannot show typically a private placement deal because they're not insured buy it. So, and they don't get paid for it. And so the conversation is kind of similar today, even was back then is just helping is first just educating folks on, Hey, you can own real estate. It's just like anything, right? You could go buy the duplex that I did, but what I want, most people don't want to go do that because they don't want the hassle of owning the real estate, right? They don't um, want the headache. They don't want the, the liability of owning that real estate. And so what I try and help people see is, Hey, we've created a way a passive way for you to own shares in real estate. And then you get all the benefits of owning the real estate. But, you know, the biggest things for my investors is one, they're not liable. So that our, our partnership structure allows them to own the deal without having liability in the deal. And yet they still get the benefits of it. They get the equity, they get the depreciation right off. And so I think part of it, and I heard a mentor say this, and I think it's really true. I still think most people think you're, Bernie Madoff until you give them two checks, you know, like no matter how long someone knows you, everyone's still skeptical of like, is this for real? You know, am I just going to lose all my money? And uh, until people actually get checked, I think it takes a while to kind of build that trust. But, um, but especially now, I mean, I just think real estate is one of the few assets right now that give people a real shot at building wealth, a real shot at creating something predictable and reliable that they can build wealth in. And I think once people see that and get a taste of that and realize like, we're not out there for us, for example, we don't buy new development. We're not buying construction stuff. We buy stuff where our cash flow covers our debt, our operating expenses, and then we can go in there and increase that revenue through, you know, our value add plan or whatever it might be and, um, and build wealth that way. And so it's the most reliable path I know. I mean, this is, we have a company because this is the type of stuff we want to build wealth in. You know, it's not like we built this model based on what we wanted to invest in. And so, yeah, to answer your question, I think it takes time, but again, just helping people realize like we're not doing anything revolutionary here. We're buying assets like people have been doing for decades and building wealth in for decades. We've just created an opportunity now for you to be able to invest in those assets with us without necessarily having to do it yourself. Yeah. And like you mentioned, this has been around for quite some time, but it just hasn't been as well known. Not a lot of people like necessarily have access to these types of deals. They don't necessarily know this type of thing exists out here. And at the same time, especially for the first time investors, it's really a proof of concept type of model yeah. too for the first one. Like you said, there's always going to be that skepticism behind it. Is this too good to be true until you actually see the fruits of whatever you invested in and to really prove to yourself like, hey, this isn't some type of like scheme, but it's doing your due diligence and making sure you're investing with the right right sponsors and the right groups. Yeah, for sure. 
And so on top of that, though, as first-time investors, what is other than that has been like a major concern for them as they've been dabbling with the idea of investing in a syndication? That's a good question. I mean, I think everyone just wants to make sure they're not going to lose money. I mean, I think that is, you know, one thing if you're trying to raise capital or you're going to be investing in deal, you know, what, what is the downside? What is the, how do we exit out of this? And so, you know, when we're underwriting a deal, I mean, especially right now in this environment where you're still getting good financing and deals are still cash flowing, but a lot of these deals being purchased right now being purchased with something called a bridge loan. And then you're cash flowing because you have interest only payments on that debt. So that's good if you're buying a deal and that means you can get some cash flow. But let's say, for example, a couple of things could happen. Interest rates could go up. So, and then your, your IO ends, your interest only ends in two or three years. And now all of a sudden you're in a scenario where you can't maybe afford, let's say something happens, rents go down or another COVID hits, people stop paying. You can't afford your debt. Interest rates are too high. It's hard to even refinance. So the reason I say that is I think it's really important as we, as the operators, and then you listening as a passive investor, that's who you are, or if you're an operator too, that you have multiple exits. And I think it's not just, hey, we're buying great secure assets or great assets. It's we're buying great assets that we have multiple exit strategies on. Like we can get out of this or we can hold on to this. We don't have to sell. And I think that's really, really key to show and tell investors is, hey, this is not a one trick pony. You know what I mean? Like, yes, this is a great way to build wealth in. And it is a great hedge against inflation, all of those things. But at the same time, we're structuring and we're building these deals so that, you know, regardless of what happens in the market or the economy, like we, we're, we're prepared, we can exit, we can hold, we can refinance. And um, I think that's really key. And so we're really trying to communicate that to our investors is, yeah, okay, here's the benefits of owning real estate, but it's still a business and it's still a business model. And so I think communicating that effectively has been really key. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us, because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. And so... Because you have a lot of experience so far in this space and you're able to communicate well to your investors, what if there's a potential investor out there who's working with a sponsor who might not necessarily, maybe not like intentionally provide all that information? What are some of the questions that the investor can ask to get all the information that they can to really make sure that the strategy behind the investment itself is good, that there's enough conservatism behind it, and that they're really understanding the the strategy and the different exit plans that the sponsor has? Yes, a lot. And it's a good question. I mean, I think it's why trust is really key. I mean, the reality is if I was going to go invest in a, I don't know, give me, like if I was going to go invest in a chiropractic firm, for example, 
I don't know anything about chiropractic. You know, I don't know their revenue model. I don't know how they go get leads. The biggest thing I would be relying on is am I investing with someone that does know it, <laughs> that has a track record, that's proven that they can, you know, that they can grow these type of businesses. And do I, it's still a business, right? So is there, is there demand for this product? Is there a barrier to entry, right? Or can people easily, people easily come in and, and get this, you know, replicate this business model? You know, what's the, what's the incoming supply that's happening? So, I mean, basic business fundamentals is what I would say, but in terms of kind of how these deals are operating and whatnot, I would say, don't try and be the expert. Like, how could you? This is why you're you want to be working with experts. Um, so I think it's basic fundamentals, and then again, just really you know, really knowing and understanding, like, hey, this person knows what they're doing; they've proven that. And, and I would say this: real estate buying, especially large apartment buildings. Yes, you're buying real estate, but really, what you're buying is you're buying a business. There's people involved. There's clients. There's so it's. I think it's so so key. What I see a lot of people getting in this space, like kind of fooled that oh this is going to be simple because it's real estate i'm like not really because yes it's real estate you're buying the real estate but you're buying the business because that's how the real estate making the money you know whatever sitting on top of that real estate and so i think people who are just business savvy or someone who's business savvy is really key which is kind of funny because i was a pastor with no business experience and i just figured it out you know and we've learned a lot along the way what i really i realized this truth early on and just got around business people, right? I started joining masterminds. I created my own mastermind because I knew I needed to accelerate my business IQ fast. So it's not just, hey, let's go buy great assets. No, we really know, need to know how to operate and run a business. And so I think that's really key. And so I think you touched on something really great to be surrounding yourself with other people who are doing what you're looking to do and you know, really trying to leverage on their experiences and their knowledge so that you can really jumpstart your your knowledge base at the same time. So you found different masterminds and then you mentioned that you also created your own mastermind. How did you find these groups to be part of? And then how did you vet them to make sure that you're going to be getting what you need as an investor prior to joining it? That's a good question at tours. I mean, just finding, again, finding people that I really respect. I mean, our mastermind is a niche in that it was a need that wasn't being met in the industry. And that was a, a place and environment for kind of more faith oriented folks to really collaborate and work together. That was important for me, right. Coming from my pastor background. And so we started that to really kind of fill that demand. And then in terms of the masterminds or communities I'm a part of, we've just been like finding great mentors and kind of sticking close to them and, that's how, you know, the, the one that we're in, Hunter, he was a guy that I really respected. And when he said, hey, I'm going to start something or build something, I'm like, let's go. Because the thing that I've learned, I mean, even more important than real estate, the reason we've been able to even buy this much real estate is our, because of our relationships. It's like who we know. And it's just so true. Like, there's just even some things happening right now in terms of some different business businesses that we're trying to form and create that could be just massive opportunities. and. The only reason I'm sitting at the table having the conversation is because of the mass of those relationships. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, it continues to blow my mind how important and how strategic from a wealth building perspective relationships are. It's why that I've spent a lot of money, literally like money 
trying to build relationships, you know, it's like showing up in places and joining masterminds and because it's everything. And it's hard to say like, well, here's my ROI when I go spend that money for that mastermind or whatever, but it has not, it's never let me down. You know what I mean? It literally has never let me down. And our tagline of our mastermind is you're one connection away. And I think that's so, so true. I mean, every deal that we've done this year or in 2021 is tied to a connection, literally like this connection that I don't know how long ago we met, but we wouldn't have done that deal without that one person. Right. And so, so, so key. And so what has been the biggest lesson that you've learned so far as you've been building up your business, creating all these new relationships and growing to where you are today? What has been the biggest lesson that you've come across or that you've learned that you can share with us? The most important skill to develop and the most important thing in business, in any business, especially in this business, to be really anal about is communication. I think that set us apart in the way that we communicate to our investors, to our co-GP partners. And the thing that causes us to maybe want to run away and not do deals with people is just poor communication. And it's just, it's amazing how many, how, many, how so many people will overlook that or, or don't prioritize that because this is what I've learned. Like, even if the business or the deal or whatever goes average or maybe not as expected, but you've communicated incredibly well. Most people will be happy with that experience and would even continue to want to work with you in the future over the business or deal did very well and the communication experience was poor. And so it's so true. So I think communication is key. Yeah. You know, sometimes if like, let's say you make an investment, right? And all of a sudden the sponsor goes like radio silence. And then in your mind, you start thinking about all these possibilities that are happening. Like, oh, did they run off? Like, is the property not performing? But really it's because in our mind, we're creating all these different scenarios. And so the way we kind of hedge against that is by communicating, like you had mentioned, just communicating over communicating and letting people know that even though there's an issue going on, people want to know what's going on. At least it gives them a feeling that like, you know, things are being managed, things are not being missed. And my investment or my partnership with you is being secured and we are actively managing it. Yeah. So we send our updates same day every month. Uh, We send a monthly newsletter out. You know, we, I mean, just always like, I never want to be reactive in our communication, you know, like, what I'm always thinking, like, it was an investor, you know, tax season's coming up. Okay, they probably got questions about when they're getting their K1s. Well, let's get an email out before people start emailing me. Asking, I mean, I know, because I, I know what people, I know, I'm investing in these people. Well, what, you know, talking to my CPA, like, what do I need? So it's like, let's go ahead and get that out to people. And, and so it just goes such a long ways. And it's unbelievable. I mean, we're in a deal right or we're kind of doing something right now with a group, and um, their communication has been very terrible. And uh, it's just, I'm not sure if they don't see it or they're just not been taught how important this is, but it's a skill to develop and it's really something important to pay attention to. And especially if you're a passive investor, that might be one of the most important questions to ask before you get into the deal. What does your communication look like? Um, how often can I be expecting that? Do you have examples of that in the past of how you've been communicating? That is key. That probably is one of the most important questions to ask. And it's a very simple question to answer. Yes, here's how we communicate. Here's when we communicate. And here's the reports that we send. Here's what they look like. If people can't show that to you, don't do the deal. So how has real estate investing impacted your life so far? I mean, we're here. Look at this. Look at my view. I'm in <laughs> I know Austin. it's beautiful. 
<laughs> beautiful day. I just have met some of the most incredible people. You know, my friends, my business partners. My wife was just able to leave a job that she wasn't very happy in to come and work full-time for us. And so I say full-time, she's probably working three days a week so she could spend, you know, a lot more time with our baby girl. So it's given me a real, from a pastor to now, multiple employees. My wife works for us. That's the business. I would say though, from an investment standpoint, it's given me predictability. Like it's given me a real plan. Like I know I don't have to guess or question Will I get wealthy? Like I know if I put X amount of dollars into real estate each year, that's going to grow. It's going to build cash flow. It's going to build equity. And so like it's given me a very predictable, reliable path on, I know how to create financial independence for me and for myself and my family. And I think a lot of people don't have that security. Like, yeah, maybe you're making good money and yeah, maybe you're investing, but a lot of people are still kind of unsure. Like, will this be enough? You know, like is something going to happen to the market you know, am I investing in the right things? And for the most part, if you're buying great deals that do cash flow and you have good debt, long-term fixed debt on stuff, it's really hard to lose. I mean, it's really, really hard to lose. And so. Yeah. I think you touched on it like really, really well about being able to see and grow your financial, financial independence and your wealth and being actively managing it you know, like sometimes we invest in our 401ks and we're just putting money away, but it's in the hopes of it will grow to this X dollar amount at the end of retirement age or whatever like that. And I hope that it will grow. I hope that the market will continue to do well so that I can get access to that nest egg at the very end. But what we're doing right now is we're actively seeing how we're able to grow it step-by-step every step along the way, we're able to see, you know, we've hit this milestone. Now it's time to hit the next one. And so right. by constantly managing it and seeing it, it's, it's a little bit of a different process. Yeah. Hope is not a good investment strategy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So for sure. So Alice, thank you so much for coming on the show today and to sharing all of your knowledge with us. If our listeners wanted to find out more about you and what your company is doing and get in touch, where's the best place that they can go? Yeah, go to symphonycapitalgroup.com to learn more about our firm, symphonycapitalgroup.com. And then for me, I would say probably the best way to follow me is on Twitter. I actually do a lot on Twitter in terms of kind of our journey and what we're doing. So I'm not great at checking emails. I have a team that helps do that. So if you want to really get in touch with me or follow, kind of follow along, Twitter is probably the best place. But go to symphonycapitalgroup.com. You can connect with us there and would love to. But if you do end up, if you're interested in investing or partnering on deals and you do fill out something there, you, you most likely will get to chat with me. But that would be the best place. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ellis. All right. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Zayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com 
and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.